Pain Talk, a podcast for patients living with pain and those that care for them. Now here's your host, palliative and emergency care physician, Dr. Maureen Allen. Welcome back everyone to another Pain Talk podcast. Today we're going to talk about neuroinflammation and this topic I think is such an important topic that we need to understand. It's very complex. I'm only going to keep it as simple as possible, but hopefully I can get you to start thinking about this and how we can help to understand what's actually going on in the patient's tissue. So today we're going to dig into that neuroinflammation and how it drives central sensitization. So central sensitization, just to remind ourselves, is that amplification that we start to see within the uh, central nervous system around uh, chronic pain. So inflammation, as we know, is a really important natural reaction for self-protection. So it's what our body needs to do when it perceives a harmful stimuli. So it always is on the move. It's always kind of filtering things out, trying to keep everything in a homeostatic balance. So at the same time, we have this inflammatory response. Uh, It's a necessary thing, but we can also have times when the inflammatory response starts to damage the host tissue and cause some organ dysfunction. And we did talk about Nathan and Ding in a previous podcast who stated that it's not that the fundamental problem regarding inflammation is is not how often it starts, but how often it fails to subside. So neuroinflammation is an important thing to understand. So the role of inflammation is to protect It's to localize inflammation, whether it's in the peripheral or central nervous system. It also serves an important protective or survival role by removing harmful stimuli uh, that uh, have entered into our nervous system. It initiates the healing process that is necessary, especially around injury, and it restores that tissue integrity that we all uh, need. So it's a very, very fine-tuned, very important way for us to maintain homeostasis. So lots of things can trigger that uh, neuroinflammation. So we know about trauma. And when I talk about trauma, I'm talking about injury, physical injury to the tissue. Um, it's kind of interesting to look or explore whether or not, um, you know, adverse childhood experiences, we think of that as trauma as well. We talk about trauma-informed care, how that actually can also contribute to that inflammatory uh, response through stress. So autoimmune processes can trigger the neuroinflammation. There are certain drugs. We talked in the previous podcast about how opiate analgesics, in particular morphine, can cause degranulation of mast cells, which can also cause that histamine release. So that is part of that immune response. There are some chemotherapy agents, um, some HIV treatments that can also do this, as well as some immunotherapy. So finding that balance, especially when we look at some of the immunotherapies, is yes, we want to use and harness the power of that immune system to target cancer cells, but often things can go away and start giving patients more issues around chronic pain or persistent pain by that glial cell dysregulation. So it is very targeted therapy. Patients do get benefit, but some patients do get complications from uh, therapies such as immunotherapy. So what happens with neuroinflammation? So when it does happen, you start to see some vascular changes within the cells. You get this infiltration of leukocytes. You get this activation of glial cells, which produces these very powerful inflammatory mediators, cytokines and chemokines. Uh, It also uh, increases that uh, neuroinflammation. Neuroinflammation causes an increased permeability of the blood-brain barrier, leading to that increased leukocyte invasion into the central nervous system. So this is in response to this threat. So we start to see all these different things that start to happen. They're all in an attempt to maintain homeostasis. 
So when we explore neuroinflammation as it relates to chronic pain, what's really going on? So we talk over and over again about the activation of glial cells, and these are the microglia and the astrocytes in the spinal cord and brain, which leads to the release of those pro-inflammatory mediators that we talked about. These mediators are very powerful neuromodulators, so they really ramp up that inflammatory response. Because of this inflammatory response and the activation of these glial cells, uh, chronic pain is often referred to as a gliopathy rather than a neuropathy. So you'll hear that term sometimes uh, within the literature because we're getting an increase in dysregulation of these glial cells. They become very, very active. When they do become dysregulated, you get this sustained release of these cytokines and chemokines, which can produce this widespread pain. And it can affect multiple body sites by regulating the neurons as well as the uh, non-neuronal cells or those glial cells. So they start to produce some hyperalgesia, uh, so this heightened pain response. You start to get alteration in pain perception. Now what's important about this glial cell activation and the communication that happens amongst these cells, this can be a very important area where research is focused on in terms of trying to modulate some of these responses. So there is a lot of research that's focusing on uh, and, and looking at emerging, emerging targets to uncover new ways of looking at treatment in this area. It's a very fine tune, as you can imagine, and just with the example of the immunotherapies, is how do you target one particular area of the nervous system, in particular the, these glial cells, without affecting another part of that immune system? So it is very, very challenging and very difficult to kind of find that balance. So neuroinflammation uh, is not only drive, a driving force for chronic pain, it's also been implicated in contributing to other types of neurological conditions like neurodegenerative disease, so MS, ALS, Parkinson's disease, as well as some neuropsychiatric processes like schizophrenia, bipolar disease, and major depression. So there are some important differences, though. There's not the same kind of glial cell activation or dysregulation that happens in chronic pain as what happens in these other types of conditions. And it's very complicated. I'm just going to mention where there might be some clear differences between those and uh, just very quickly sort of talk a little bit about that. So some of those differences between central nervous system neuroinflammation and the neurodegenerative diseases, chronic pain neuroinflammation, often follows a peripheral injury. So whether it's a neuropathic injury or an inflammatory kind of pain injury, um, and so excessive neuronal activity of that primary sensory neuron is where you start to see the activity. Neuroinflammation in neurodegenerative disease and spinal cord injury is a result of direct damage to the central nervous system, causing further neuronal degeneration and cell death. So this is considered secondary injury. So for chronic pain, there is a direct injury. But for the neurodegenerative disorders, it's often a secondary injury uh, that is uh, causing the ongoing problem. So central nervous system neuroinflammation after a peripheral injury is relatively mild and does not always cause marked neuronal loss, whereas with the neurodegenerative disorder, it often can cause significant uh, problems when there is a direct injury to that uh, central nervous system. There are also some differences in the roles of pro-inflammatory cytokines in the neurodegenerative disease compared to the inflammatory pain. So tissue necrosis factor is one of those areas, and this is an area that's very complicated. I don't know if I can explain it as well, and this is where I love to get a neuroscientist to come and share this with us and explore some of this stuff. It becomes very important. Um, not that it changes our treatment, but it helps to create some understanding about what actually is going on in the patients that we're caring for.
The tissue process factor, though, what's really interesting is it can contribute to neurodegeneration, impaired memory, and synaptic plasticity, meaning that that neuroplasticity or that change that's happening within that communication hub between neuronal cells as well as these glial cells. And what's interesting is that chronic pain is a very common comorbidity that you will see with many of these other diseases. And uh, so it is important looking at this in a broad perspective, looking at how we can approach the chronic pain to help manage some of these other symptoms and alleviate uh, what symptoms a patient is experiencing. It's very, very common to see these things all kind of intertwined together. By targeting the pain, can we actually improve the progression of some of these underlying neurodegenerative diseases? I guess these are some of the questions that are coming up within the literature. What's frustrating, I guess, is that there has been many attempts at targeting some of these different areas, and there have been these very huge gaps uh, with respect to treatment in terms of, so these models that work well in mice don't work so great in humans. So they haven't been able to uh, translate uh, some of these things uh, to humans as well as they have been in animal models. Uh, But there is a tremendous amount of work that's going on there. So it is a bit confusing. It's a lot of information on neuroinflammation. Hopefully we haven't made it too confusing. And what I'm trying to do is bring in uh, some of the experts that can help to clarify uh, sort of the processes that are going on around neuroinflammation. But the important thing I want you to remember is that we're looking at glial cell dysregulation. So this is what starts to drive that central sensitization. The other thing that starts to happen is that as the neuroplasticity kind of ramps up that central sensitization, um, and we have the neuroinflammation being part of that, we start to see this shift that starts to happen. So with pain chronification, the nociceptive circuits become less in control and these higher learning circuits become more in control. So we have to shift our uh, treatment approach more to the central nervous system than in the peripheral system as well. So it's really important that we start to look at modalities that work in the central nervous system. So this is one of the reasons why a lot of our pharmacology is geared more to that central nervous system. Uh, so when I think about anticonvulsants, when I think of you know, broad spectrum antidepressants, when I think of the tricyclic antidepressants, uh, those types of medications are more effective in the central nervous system. So this is more, more targeted cognitive behavioral therapies to start need to start coming into the, uh, the framework when we're addressing patients who are living with chronic pain. So shifting our focus from the nociceptive circuits into these higher learning circuits um, so that we can start to give patients skills uh, so that they can manage this very complex pain. So just to bring in some other therapies that have been studied looking at neuroinflammation and how we can modulate this. So we know that there have been some uh, pharmaceutical sort of uh, approaches to this, but there's also some uh, some research, and I this is a really an interesting one for me because we are going to bring a dietitian uh, and to discuss uh, how diet can impact and how we can use diet to help decrease neuroinflammation. And this is looking at specialized pro-resolution mediators. So these are things that are biosynthesized from polyunsaturated fatty acids. So this is the omega-3 fish oil kind things. So we can look at how these can help reduce inflammatory pain, how we can use it in the post-op patient, as well as in neuropathic pain in animal models. So looking at diet around the omega-3s can be interesting, as well as vitamin D. It's another one that's been brought into it around diet modulation. There are also uh, some research going around cell therapies. 
how the implantation of bone marrow stem cells can produce long-term pain relief. So they can promote tissue regeneration, tissue repair, screening fact, growth factors, and anti-inflammatory mediators. So this is some of the areas of research that's happening. There's also some evidence and there's some research happening around neuromodulation via electric and magnetic stimulation. So this is some of the stuff that is happening that we can further look into as, uh, as uh, we go on with this podcast. But, you know, there's lots of things out there. There's lots of discussion out there. Um, This is why we need to kind of pick the brain of all of our experts and and also getting feedback from you, the listener out there, things that you've been experiencing uh, that have helped you manage this pain. But we need to also remember that there are simple things that can make the biggest difference. And so as a healthcare provider, my actions matter and my words matter. So I need to use words that promote safety, that promote trust, and that what I what they're telling me is something that I believe that they the pain that they're experiencing is real for them. It doesn't matter what the investigations say. So we need to remember that our words and our actions really matter. It is important though to help patients understand that this is not something that we can fix, but it can be better. It can be managed much more effectively. We need to shift away from that acute pain model and move more into that chronic pain model to help them address these, in particular, the pain flare-ups. So that is a lot of information. I think I'm going to stop there, um, and uh, hopefully we'll find someone who has some expertise around the neuroinflammation piece. I think it is a really important part of how we understand central sensitization as well as pain chronification. So we need some experts to share with us their, their experience, their knowledge, and how we can use that information at the bedside. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Pain Talk. To learn more about our podcast and to find links mentioned in today's show, please visit our website at paintalk.ca.